from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with local Catholic author and retreat leader, Joyce Rupp. We'll be talking to her about her newest book, Jesus, Friend of My Soul, Reflections for the Lenten Journey. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. And uh, it's real cool to have uh, Sister Joyce Rupp with us. Uh, She's a very well-known author, and I've been looking forward to kind of probing her soul a little Mm -hmm. bit and vice versa as she is in touch with the mystery as well. We continue to see how events unfold. Uh, We're not uh, sure where this uh, all leads us. We live day to day, Mm -hmm. uh, but we renew each day our trust in Jesus, our trust in God who's accompanying us in this way. Today I've invited uh, members of the diocese and others who may be listening in, in Nebraska as well, and of course not uh, wanting to encroach on Archbishop Lucas's uh, prerogative among his flock, but just encouraging us to be in solidarity with our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that today, Friday the 27th, would be a day of, of prayer and fast and abstinence. We know that Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are days when fast and abstinence, all the days of Lent of abstinence, but in special solidarity as we try to ask uh, God uh, to relieve us, to protect those who are on the front lines, and that those who've experienced uh, illness or even death, that uh, they may pass over to the fullness of life and abundance with Christ. So this is a day we're really in solidarity with each other. This is not obligatory. This is just a voluntary invitation so that uh, we might partake of that uh, as well. This past fr- Wednesday, Wednesday was the Feast of the Annunciation, mm-hmm. and I kind of reflected on that a little bit in my uh, column on the mirror. That's uh, also the 25th anniversary of uh, St. John Paul's encyclical, Evangelium Vitae, mm-hmm. the Gospel of Life. And uh, for many of us, that was a landmark encyclical that really kind of framed and took, carried us over. And I think that uh, has been uh, cited by Pope Benedict uh, and Pope Francis as well. It helps us maybe keep our bearings during our time, if that could be some other spiritual reading for us, mm-hmm. uh, available online on the Vatican website, so that we don't succumb to paralyzing panic or despair as we cope with this coronavirus, COVID-19, unfolding all around us in this way. Uh, the late Pope acknowledged the fact of pandemics, among other scourges that humans experience, poverty and hunger and violence and war, that uh, that's kind of a spiritual, moral culture of death that, that's present. But as we're kind of brought to our senses, this culture of life, which will always uh, prevail, uh, we believe, a network of spiritual solidarity that awakens our freedom to draw closer to each other, that uh, physical separation or isolation as we keep social distance can't erode that bond of decency and dignity. So we pray for people we know and those we've never met. We presence to those uh, sick among us, and we're grateful for our healthcare people And we lift our heads and bear that yoke of suffering with Jesus and each other in the belief that God can draw meaning and glory from that which appears most traumatic and and menacing suffering and death itself. He refers to a kind of everyday heroism made of those gestures, sharing of big and small, which make up an authentic culture of life. And so even as painfully our capacity to commune with our Eucharistic Lord has been curtailed, uh, we can be ever more intentionally present. And and again, the... uh, the strictures that have been placed that uh, I have uh, issued on behalf of our diocese and our parishes, uh, very conscious that you know we don't we you know the heroism may take a different form rather than placing ourselves in that way. And so, 
You know, we don't want anyone to be a vector, kind of like the old rubella German measles virus, where it's not so much the person who might encounter the virus who's sick, but might transmit it to somebody mm-hmm. else. And so I think the sense of the body of Christ and the common good, that some of these strictures are not that, well, hey, I'm a healthy person, I could, I could weather this, so I'm all, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I please, but the sense that we don't want to be harbingers of, of, of illness or, or worse for other people. And so I think that, that that sensitivity that's there as we continue to draw closer to each other. And so those gestures ultimately based in a faith that uh, Jesus is Lord, he's the Lamb of God and master of all the events of history, and that somehow as Jesus unseals the power of life over death, God is drawing us to that abundant life. Uh, so we're undaunted in trust as we place our trust in Jesus. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we return. We'll visit with Catholic author Joyce Drupper about her newest book, Jesus, Friend of My Soul, Reflections for the Lenten Journey. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Our guest today is local Catholic author and retreat leader, Joyce Rupp. We're talking to her today about her newest book, Jesus, Friend of My Soul, Reflections for the Lenten Journey. Sister Joyce, it's a great grace to have you with us. Thank you for taking this time. I feel, you know, your name and reputation in, in my world in Northeast Iowa certainly preceded. Uh, you know, I, you know, you're you're almost a kind of cult figure among some of the mm-hmm. spiritual women that I know. That everything that you are sharing, publishing, they just kind of lap it up because they really feel like you're one who feeds them, and that the Spirit is is pouring through you, and God is using you in that way. So, you know, again, not just mm-hmm. some of my. Uh, women friends and things, but uh, you know, I found uh, mm-hmm. as I've now had the chance not only to meet you in person that that sense of a connection that uh, this is one who knows Jesus knows the mystery in a beautiful way. So, so you're you know you're mm-hmm. you're you're Thank so you. prolific. I mean, <laughs> how do you you know we talk about rhythms of life? You know, do you have a yeah. certain discipline as a writer that you do? Uh, you know that well, you, you know, know I, your publishers put deadlines on you. <laughs> no, I've I've made a point to not have that happen because I don't like that kind of pressure. So I wait till something's almost finished before I approach a publisher. But, you know, one of the gifts, I mean, it's a, it's a blessing. It can also be a curse. But, you know, I'm 99% German. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that ah. really helps me when it comes to discipline. I often say I would never be able to write this way. And the other thing is my early training in religious life, you know, I've I had a novice directress who said, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And she really was firm about our taking time every day for meditation and spiritual reading. And that. So 
So really all, all of my writing, without exception, it really comes out of my morning prayer time. That's, mm-hmm. that's when I do my writing. I have my morning meditation, my prayer, read the scriptures. And then, and then I take that space, you know, after that time. And that's how I, I wrote this book. Every day I just sat with one of those scripture readings and, you know, began putting it together and go back and edit later on. And, and that, but that's how I do it. And um, I'm really grateful. And because I, I do it every day, then I can accomplish something. So saying I'm going to wait till I have this month, I can go away and do it. Cause it, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So kind of a rule of life that uh, resonates well with your, your religious identity as a servant of Mary's mm-hmm. sister, an OSM mm-hmm. Servite mm-hmm. sister based in Omaha. Uh, and that yeah. uh, your community has kind of uh, anointed your ministry, your charism in this way, so that you, this is your mm-hmm. kind of expression of your, your vocation, if you will. They've been very supportive, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah, leadership has, and, and my other members, they've, they've just been really kind and, and uh, really assisting me in this whole process. And so I try out some of my stuff on them and see if it works or not, you know, <laughs> so it's good. And yeah. they, don't, they don't pull any punches. They give you honest feedback. No, they're pretty, they're, they're pretty honest. It's pretty affirming. It's <laughs> so, like family, you know. So, so I say this only partly tongue in cheek, and I know I'm probably going to elicit the ire of half my listening audience here. But uh, you know, sometimes you know the spirituality books, and you know, we think of even the writings of the saints. You know, Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. Teresa Lisieux, uh, others. You know, Catherine of Siena. You know, the, the the feminine and the masculine are definitely present in, in the in the character mm-hmm. of that writing, and so. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, one doesn't even need to see the name and one can say, ah, oh, this is a woman's reflection or this is a man's reflections. Mm-hmm. You know, some mm-hmm. of us can do that even with the various popes. But this isn't just mm-hmm. a spiritual chiclet, your book, uh, Jesus Friend of My Soul, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Reflections for the Lenten Journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, it's been nice. I had a nice run on Iowa Catholic Radio. It's over with. <laughs> but uh, it's done. Yeah, we knew it. We knew it. He was a good <laughs> Closet chauvinist, <laughs> but uh, um, no, you're, you're so true. It's that's so true, though. Um, and what I would say is, what I've really tried to do from the beginning is like do more of the head stuff, which, quite honestly, is much more the masculine approach with the heart approach. Which heart isn't just emotion, but it's more of an integrative process. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Henry Nouwen's a good example of head and heart. You know, I think he took that intellectual part of it, the head part, the rational, and then he incorporated it into life. And he was a good mentor for my own writing, really. And and that's what I've tried to do. You know, I, I really want to do my study of theology and scripture and spirituality, but I want it to be practical. I want it to be inspirational and, and integrative. And I'll tell you, that is what people write to me all the time about. I have gotten so many emails from this, this Lenten book already, and people saying, you know, thank you for presenting a human Jesus, one that I can relate to. Thank you for the practical ideas that I can take into my life every day. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that's really the approach I want. And the other side of it is I've also gotten emails from a number of men. So, in fact, yesterday I had an email from... I hear from this man, oh, maybe a couple times a year. He lives in the southwest, uh, southwest United States, and he's on the staff of a homeless shelter, and he works with AA and drug addiction groups. Anyway, he just wrote to me, and he said how life-giving the Lenten book was for him, and he really misses the lack of Eucharist. And, and I just this one phrase really just 
meant so much to me. And he just said, your writing sustains me now. And I was just so grateful for that because, you know, he's in the situation where they can't quarantine, you know, their homeless shelters open and, mm. you know, he's in a lot of risk there. And I thought, well, if that is something that I've presented and had published can, can be of service in that way, I'm just so grateful, you know. Mm. One who was doing what Pope Francis asked to be on the periphery, but yes, you've given him a kind of survival yes. pack and all that. And, That's uh, right. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be my sense is that you are tracking with the Lenten readings, but not absolutely, right? There are times when maybe right. you depart mm-hmm. a day or two from, from mm-hmm. one of those, mm-hmm. but, but they're so pithy yeah. and succinct and, and your prose is so limpid, you know, it doesn't call attention to itself, you know? I mean, uh, writers, can, writers can, mm. and, and I think this is a pitfall for myself that we can get you know, concerned about the craft or our love for the way something is formulated, but you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. passing beyond that and dispelling that mm-hmm. as you go right to it. So, it, you know, we're presented with, with all these different profiles of Jesus and, and the prayers mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. offer as well. So you say early mm-hmm. on in your introduction that the soul can be filled with the, to the brim with too much activity. Uh, mm-hmm. there, that is something that maybe we're surrendering a little bit uh, in these days uh, of the well, you know, I'm yeah, I'm not so sure in the sense that and I've just been observing a lot. And it's like, you know, now that a lot of people are working from home, not all by any means, but a lot of them have to be out there in the public. But, you know, what I find is like now everyone's trying to fill up that space, you know, it's and, and they're good things. You know, songwriters are presenting free concerts online and artists are presenting things and I just got a note from publishers um, in Colorado this morning saying, now we're going to do, we have all these online presentations for free for you that you can do. So it's almost like our extroverted culture will not allow people to be with themselves. You know, it's like, you got to fill up the space. And, you know, I, I don't know, that's, that's my take on it right now. And um, maybe that's, maybe I'm just overstating it, but it just seems to me like, there, I don't have a lot. I don't see and hear a lot of messages coming in saying, "Here's a great time to have more time to just be with yourself and take more time for meditation and, you know, just sit quietly for a while with nothing to do. Turn off all those electronic devices." And the message I'm getting is like, "Keep them on. Here's some more stuff coming in." Yeah. You know? Oh, like, I think it's a definite temptation, and uh, you yeah. know, being with ourselves can be scary. You know, I mean, who mm-hmm. who is this person? And, you know, do I really want to face him? And so what you're asking true. us to it's do really is, is mm-hmm. to seek his face, you know, and my yeah. physical motto yeah. is to, to be before him and, mm-hmm. and to know that he's looking at us with great yeah. reverence and tenderness in that. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's... Uh, well, I think the other part of it, too, is when we're with ourselves, we need to we acknowledge what's going on inside, which, you know, this COVID-19, it's just disrupted our lives and there's fear i mean fear is a natural instinct and it's a it's a good response in the sense that it protects us and safeguards us but you know fear can take over our lives and with anxiety and self-orientation lots of things and so i think you know when we when we're in that situation and we pause wow those things pop up and they're they're kind of scary you know Mm -hmm. what am i going to do with this and this anxiety about my finances or how I'm going to take care of my family or will I have a job and all that sort of thing. So, you know, I thought it was amazing today. I certainly couldn't have planned this, but the 
reading in in uh, Jesus' friend of my soul for today is on Jesus as one who maintains peace. Amen. And and I was <laughs> I was just so glad that I thought, wow, this is great. <laughs> I fell in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, but you know how he himself. Let, let me inject. Have, may I inject that mm-hmm. here? Because sure. this was something that uh, for me as well. Peace. This, these are your words. Peace doesn't ignore or deny the difficult things but instead retains equanimity during occurrences that appear hopeless. Faith gives us the courage not to give up and to trust that all will be well, no matter what happens. So kind of echoes of Julian and Norwich there, but uh, no, mm-hmm. words mm-hmm. we need to hear. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the fact that Jesus himself, I could really get into his life, you know, he had to have times when peace was a real struggle for him, you know, like, you know, when his teachings were rejected and he has all these people that are clamoring and pushing and shoving and wanted to get close to the healer and, um, you know, and then when his own disciples, you know, don't get the message. I mean, he had to have a lot stirring inside of him. And and then, you know, how he, every time it seems like he goes away for those quiet times of solitude and, and peace and prayer, he comes back renewed, you know, and he, he, has, he has that spiritual energy to go on. And that's something I think that I personally have really learned in, in reflecting on, on his life. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. that uh, we can be compassionate for Jesus too. I mean, not mm-hmm. just on the cross, mm-hmm. but all these other moments as he entered into people's lives, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of on that theme again of uh, uh, even regard for self, not trying to overemphasize that, but you, you speak of your experience on the boundless compassion retreats and that this wells up for people that their love for self is always maybe at issue in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true. And I think that's another part of when we pause and we really take time with ourselves, you know, those, those kind of issues come up too. And I think this right now, this is a time to really offer self-compassion as well as compassion for others. You know, this is difficult. Um, you know, in my own life, I was supposed to travel to Arkansas the first week of April. I have my closest friend of 50 years is dying of brain cancer. And um, I just have been so ready and wanting to be there with her for that time. Well, her monastery is closed, for one thing. It's closed to visitors. And uh, even driving there, I mean, I can't I can't visit her now, and I don't know how long it's going to be. And will I get to be there before she dies? I just don't know. So it's a it's a... It's a spiritual practice for me right now about faith and trust. I mean, I have to live what I have to live what I write, what I put on paper. I always say, for, as writers, our words come back to haunt us, <laughs> and also to bless us. I think, and so that's you know that's part of what I'm personally and so self compassion. You know, just being kind to myself and saying, you know, I'm really sorry that you may not get to be there, and it's all going to be okay, no matter what happens, and. Uh, you know, she's still verbally able to speak on the phone, but probably won't be for much longer. Oh. So, oh, you know, I think it's that you. kind of thing that you know, challenges us. And, yeah. Yeah. You're not some spiritual guru sitting on a mountaintop, you know, and we sometimes say yeah. the preacher preaches to himself, but, that mm-hmm. if, you know, that if we are not implicated in what we're sharing with others, then they'll, they'll detect that, that rings kind of hollow. Uh, yeah. Kind of struck in yeah. the, the vivid image that you presented when you reflect on Luke uh, twelve twenty five. You know that the, the birds of the air, Jesus, God, the Father knows all of them. But then when you mm. were praying and 
this big bird just hit the window thunk and, and that was it i mean that just kind of the shock value of that and you know i uh right to my entrance to my own residence there is this uh, cardinal that hit the glass and that's yeah. it you know gone to cardinal heaven now but uh, uh you know that it, you know confidence these are your words confidence mm-hmm. in the creator does not mean that accidents and troubling events do not occur yeah here we are yeah. here we are yeah you know, I think that's a really important piece of faith is that faith, you know, because I've heard people say, well, if you really had faith, you wouldn't have sorrow, you wouldn't be crying about this death. And I think that's such a misconstrued idea of what faith is really all about. Um, Wednesday, I always see people for spiritual direction on Wednesdays, and uh, I, this Wednesday I visited with them by phone. And I thought, huh? I always begin with prayer, and I thought, what am I going to use this time that will situate us as where we are right now. And um, and I thought about Psalm 91. Psalm 91, you know, speaks about God being our refuge and our strength for us in the midst of what is difficult and fearful, you know, not saying it's all going to be taken away, but, you know, that focus of this relationship with the divine that, yes, there is my courage, there is my strength, there is my, my consolation and so on. So, yeah, faith not thinking it's just gonna God's gonna take it all away from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Psalm eighteen too, that you know, my light in my darkness, the darkness yeah. doesn't go away. You know, but, the, mm-hmm. but there is light mm-hmm. there, and that's obviously what we're seeking yeah. during this time. Uh, the you know, the book again is Jesus, friend of my soul. In our last thirty seconds, reflection for the Lenten journey. Uh, I think people would uh, profit spiritually even for these latter weeks of, of Lent to, to that. And, and it has a kind of timelessness in that it's, uh, you know, something that one could come back to next year and during the Lenten season or even what might be a long uh, actual Lent uh, that we're there. And I'm kind of jealous that you get to pray. You know, I do these magnificent reflections sometimes. I always pray to God the Father, but uh, you get to pray to Jesus directly. So thank you very much, Sister Joyce Rupp. You're for your welcome. beautiful sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bishop. Take care. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessman.com international.org and make your donation today. Are you suffering emotionally or spiritually after an abortion? At Intervisions Healthcare, we believe you deserve healing, forgiveness, and support. We've found that there are no quick fixes, but meeting with others who share the same pain can be a good start. To learn more about this healing ministry, call Intervisions at 515-440-2273, 515-440-2273, and ask for a nurse. Intervisions Healthcare, it's a safe and confidential place to begin the healing you deserve. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Musher Collins, the Diocese of Des Moines. Great interview with Joyce Rupp. I wonder if Sister Joyce has room in her queue for spiritual direct G's. It'd be nice to, <laughs> yeah. to sit at her feet a little bit, you know, just you so so real and uh, so in touch with uh, who we are as Christians and the great love Jesus has for us. Uh, 
I think uh, I was thinking last week, the uh, the Italian priest who's having all his parishioners kind of send selfies and taping them mm-hmm. to pews, you know, I hope with our own Wednesday and Fridays, you know, in the cathedral, and Father John Bertogli taking the Friday uh, lead as celebrant, but uh, that people don't say, well, Bishop Johnson, we wish you could put a selfie of somebody else up in front of your face, you know, like uh, Archbishop Lucas from Omaha or Cardinal <laughs> Dolan or something. You know, we, we, so we don't have to look at you. you know? <laughs> I have plenty there. of filters. I could put like a smiley emoji. You could have animals on your faces. It might be a little irreverent though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do I have any say in which animals yeah. it would be? <laughs> sure, I'll give you that much. <laughs> oh, that's so good of you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I am Batman. Okay. Anyway, um, so uh, you know, as as things unfold and and, and this time again, our, our prayers are kindled all the more. We're conscious even in uh, Psalm 106. You know, then uh, Phineas stood up and intervened his intercessory prayer that the plague that the Israelites were afflicted with might be ended. And so Phineas's name uh, remembered uh, through through the through the millennia in that way as someone who really uh, helped to to invite the Lord to, to be a saving God for us. And that's what we're looking for in these days. Uh, uh, God's people have been afflicted throughout history, right? Uh, uh, the devotion yes. to St. Michael is something that uh, has certainly been uh, maybe right. renewed in, in our own time on, for various sure. reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an article on Church Pop. Um, when Saint Ma- it's about when St. Michael miraculously saved Rome from a deadly plague. So this is a true story. Um, so the Castle St. Angelo is a large fortress near Vatican City um, with a gigantic St. Michael the Archangel statue on top. And it signifies the magnificent, magnificent story of God's love. So around 590 A.D., Rome suffered a terrible plague, causing many deaths. Pope St. Gregory the Great pled for the angel's help to fight this epidemic. The pontiff celebrated masses and tirely, tirelessly processed through Rome with prayers and incense. And apparently St. Michael later appeared on top of the castle with his sword. People saw him. Um, apparently the plague was still ravaging Rome and Gregory ordered the procession. And um, people chanted litanies. There is an image of the Blessed Virgin Mary that was cre- that was carried in this procession. And um, some of the people saw the angel and um, it helped with the protection of Rome. And yeah. I noticed our Holy Father did uh, walk prayerfully through yeah. the city of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the streets are a lot more barren than they typically would be, but... Uh, being a pontiff and being a sure. shepherd to us, and so his intercession and obviously his great uh, devotion to Mary, untire of knots, mm-hmm. is one of those. So uh, you could line up very easily to get in Castle San Angelo or Mont Saint Michel mm-hmm. in France, except the doors aren't open, mm-hmm. right? Uh, right. So, so there we are uh, in mm-hmm. that way. But um, uh, so it, you know, I think uh, many things are canceled or closed. Mm-hmm. But I came across something that uh, David Haas, the, the composer, right. shared with his people. And uh, some people have maybe encountered this on the Internet, but I think it's worth taking a little time sure. just to share his reflection. Sure. So David said in this reflection that, although, like you said, most things have been canceled, love has not been canceled, mercy has not been canceled, prayer has not been canceled, attentiveness has not been canceled, goodness has not been canceled, Thanksgiving has not been canceled. Loving relationships have not been canceled. Kindness has not been canceled. Music has not been canceled. Conversations have not been canceled. Learning has not been canceled. Poetry and storytelling has not been canceled. Courage has not been canceled. Meditation and contemplation have not been canceled. Painting and dancing have not been canceled. Families have not been canceled. Community and solidarity have not been canceled. Faith and hope have not been canceled. And God's presence with us has not been canceled. 
Amen. And so the human spirit is indomitable because it uh, shares and comes from God and turns us back to God. And so uh, this radio show, Iowa Catholic Radio, has not been canceled That's either. Right. And we'll press on and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, bringing hope and light to, to our people. All right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Central Iowa, Nebraska, and Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.